This is the Data Center Frontier Show, where we tell the story of the data center industry and its future. Our show is hosted by Rich Miller, the editor of Data Center Frontier. And now here's Rich with our show. Thanks for being with us today on the Data Center Frontier Show. Our guest is Philip Marangella of EdgeConnex. Uh, Philip, it's great to have you on the show. Rich, good to see you again and uh, a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, always uh, uh, enjoy our dis discussions. I thought uh, a good starting point would be to tell us a little bit about Edge Connects. You've been with the company for a while. They do a lot of things. And I think most of our, our uh, listeners will be pretty familiar with them. But for those who aren't, uh, what is Edge Connects and what do you guys do? Edge Connects has been, um, been around for a little over a decade now. Obviously, given the name, we've we we um, made our name at the edge and building out data centers in tier two, tier three markets to support kind of content for a lot of the content service providers, the network service providers, CDNs, and the like, getting content and and uh, um, gaming and and what have you closer to the eyeballs and the end users. So that's how we started out in North America. You know, the next wave for us was the cloud. And it was really kind of like the cloud on-ramps. And as they had much more distributed architectures, the two, you know, already having that kind of network ecosystem there was, a, was an important draw. So cloud came along. Uh, we expanded into Europe, right? Um, and, and that was a little bit different because our model it, from a data center perspective was a, was different in the sense that we didn't necessarily speculatively build capacity and then try to sell it to each and every kind of uh, vertical focus really on the service providers, the network, the content, the cloud, the big web scalers, hyperscalers and the like. And the way we work is what do you want? Where do you want it? When do you want it? And try to solve for their needs, not make them come to us. We would go where they needed the capacity. And so that's what we started getting much larger in our capabilities, right? Our all of our data centers are essentially build the suit, whether it's you know hyper local edge data centers or hyperscale 50 plus megawatt data center campuses. And you know, we really started, you know, doing those large builds in Europe and Amsterdam and Dublin and so forth, and then started doing you know Warsaw and Barcelona and other markets throughout Europe. And just most recently, this past year, we entered Asia, right? Um, two little markets of India and China, different means of entry, ones with the JV, ones through an investment to, to build out kind of platforms in, in those two rapidly growing markets. And then lastly, we did an acquisition in Indonesia, right? So uh, in a very short amount of time, you're covering a huge population, a huge, you know, mass, uh, country masses in, in Asia Pac to establish ourselves. And so, you know, we're this definitely this global platform, uh, data center platform that has an interesting presence and an interesting capability in terms of what we have to offer in the marketplace. One of the things I've always thought is really interesting about Edge Connects is that you guys kind of uh, ban the entire spectrum of uh, how people are looking at uh, deploying data center services. You started uh, at the edge, uh, first with really, I guess, telecom towers is some of the original uh, yeah. you know, background of the, some of your founders, then built out a really efficient network of these edge data centers to handle the eyeballs, solve the Netflix problem. <laughs> now you've got all the, the hyperscale capabilities and you're going global. Yeah. But the, the theme throughout has been listening to their, your customers and what they're looking for. 
this seems to be a very interesting time of evolution after the worst of the pandemic. People are kind of in growth mode. What are you hearing from customers? What are the big trends that, that you're seeing and how EdgeConnects is thinking about them? Yeah, no, it's an interesting question, Rich, because, you know, you hear a lot of noise around the metaverse these days, right? And, and you know, actually wrote an article uh, in, in your publication on how the metaverse needs still needs the physical verse to, to kind of enable this virtual world, if you will. And there's been a lot of noise and a lot of hype around that. And it's this multi-trillion dollar market and all that kind of stuff. But we're seeing the seeds of that being built out, right? Because in that virtual world, it's very latency sensitive, um, bandwidth intensive. And so that's why you need these kind of distributed architectures to support that stuff. But what's happening here and now, it's still this, it's video, it's cloud gaming and, and, and it's cloud itself that are the big drivers of this next wave of the edge, right? And what's interesting as, as we talked about is that first wave for us was this smaller two to four megawatt data centers that we built, right? That, and, and this kind of second wave is much bigger. So these, these, the data center requirements that you're seeing are, are you know, significant, right? Five to 10, scaling to you know, 10 to 20, and if, if things take off. And, and so having already established this kind of edge footprint and ecosystem in these markets is going to be great that we already have that, you know, you can have that and then tether and create a campus environment at the edge in, in markets like, I don't know, Portland and, and, and Phoenix and, and uh, Denver and Salt Lake and so forth. We, we certainly see that coming, number one. Number two is the global aspect, right? And obviously you see that's where a lot of our focus and growth has been and it continues to be because in Europe, it might not be distance, but you have you have the borders. Right. And even though the distance between Amsterdam and Brussels is negligible from a latency perspective, there's the border contingency and data sovereignty and so forth. And so that's why we went to Brussels to kind of support the needs there. And you just see it propagating throughout Europe and all these kind of different markets, right? It's not just going to be Madrid to support Spain. It's also going to be Barcelona and you're going to look at Lisbon. And, you know, you're going to go down Italy and so forth. It's not just Rome or Milan. And then obviously Asia and every country in the, that you do have the distance and you have the borders and you have the massive populations. And so we're in this hyper growth mode right now to kind of support the needs of our customers and the needs of our customers to get closer to their end users. Right. And so you have, whether it's metaverse, whether it's machine learning and AI, autonomous vehicles and you go down the list right there was you know i'd love to bring up the the recent hedge fund guy that's kind of like ah you know data centers it's 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 past its prime kind of thing and i'm like you clearly don't know the space right because we are all building at hyper growth right it's not just us it's everybody i live in ashburn virginia and it's insane the amount of building that's going on i get it this is the mecca of data centers but it's true throughout all these markets around the world. It's not just the major markets, it's the secondary markets. It's not just the colo providers, but it's also the hyperscalers themselves. We're all building as fast as we can to support all these use cases, which have like a long tenure over the next five, 10, 15 years. Been really interesting. I, I just wrote something about the whole uh, hedge hedge fund guy uh, uh, doing a big big short call on the data yeah. center sector. 
I think sometimes the relationships aren't always intuitive or obvious about the way that uh, the hyperscalers are working with some of the, uh, the data center providers. I'm curious about some of the things you mentioned about uh, edge and the developments there. We've been tracking edge computing for a long time. It's struggled with you know, definitions. Everybody's got a different vantage point and perspective of, of what the edge is. Edge, Edge Connects, as the name suggests, was yeah. was very early in uh, in bringing expertise and and scale to to what's happening at the edge. What does does the edge look like now, and where do you see it going? Yeah, keeping in mind all the trends that we just discussed. Look, we've had that question, and like, how do you define the edge and this, that, and that? And it, you look at population concentrations, you look at GDP concentrations, and it's it's bringing the cloud closer to the businesses. It's bringing the content, the games, the, the virtual reality closer to the end users. And it's having those distributed architectures. It isn't, and it isn't defined by a size. Um, you know, that's why, that's why we don't want to make the customer conform to kind of our parameters around, Hey, you need to come to this market to serve all this kind of stuff. It, it's, it's understanding the architecture, the latency, the cost of delivery. It's its the user experience ultimately that's driving where and how big, right? That you're gonna build out these data centers. And that's why you talked earlier about listening and, 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 and that's been, it's not rocket science, Rich. And it's just, if you listen and then you, you try to deliver on that, that's really been kind of the secret of our success. And so we have edge pops, we have, edge data centers that are two to four megawatts that are unmanned because from an economics perspective, that makes the most sense to in Amsterdam, you have a campus approaching 200 megawatts, right? So, and it's being able to adapt and adjust to the, the, the customer's requirements and how they define the edge. It's interesting. I, we always pay attention to geography as, uh, as Edge Connect certainly does. There's a lot of discussion that whatever the future of the metaverse, AI, all of that, that the network will really be the most important piece of all this. We'll have servers out the wazoo to be sure. Are we going to see more uh, more data centers in more places or just different concentrations around eyeballs? Is anything in particular changing with where you're building uh in terms of, uh, uh, you know, the way that you look at the world? As the world becomes more and more distributed, and, you know, traditionally some of this edge stuff would be in telco hotels, right, as the natural peering point, as, you you know, edge peering will continue to be essential. But the problem is a lot of those pre-existing telco hotels are old, right? They can't handle the power densities that are scaling up to 10 to 15 or more, uh, number one. And, and they can't contain the, the size of those deployments, which are, are becoming significant in, in terms of size as well. And so there's going to be these new kind of edge peering points where, you know, the cloud and the content and the networks and the kind of the ecosystems can kind of come together. Could it be at a tower? I don't, you know, that, that again is kind of small, but there's, it's this symbiotic relationship between the network and the, de- and the delivery of the, the, the content to the end user in that last mile and the data center, right? And, and you're going to have more of these distributed quote unquote hubs or, or you know, peering locations throughout all the world, right? And, and again, you know, I'll, I'll think about, you know, 
South America is another good example, right? Everything kind of come through Miami and then down to Brazil and then proliferate from there. That no, it's going to be it's going to be Miami, it's going to be Texas, it's going to be California, and it's going to all route more directly to Peru, to Colombia, to Argentina, and so forth. And it's it's just this you can kind of think of this like spider web of data centers and the networks that are all kind of interconnecting around the world. And you layer in the submarine cables and all that kind of stuff in, you can just see how the digital infrastructure is just, and, and again, that's, that's what I, it's an important point. It's not just data centers that are building at max capacity. It's the networks and it's the sub cables and it's the towers. And it's, it's that whole underlying digital infrastructure that we're all trying to build to enable all this incredible stuff that's coming down the pipe. So in the process of trying to build all of this, one of the challenges that uh, the data center industry faces is finding enough skilled workers to be able to handle all this work, you know, aside from supply chain and is there enough power, there's just the, you know, the, the, uh, uh, building the workforce of, uh, of the, uh, both the present and the future. Uh, I know you and Edge Connects have both been pretty involved in some of the dis discussions in a number of industry forums about bringing more diversity into the workforce and having that be a gateway to bringing new talent in. Um, yep. I, tell me a little bit about why that's a priority uh, for you and for Edge Connects and, uh, uh, and what kind of things you're doing to, to work on this uh, topic? No, that's a good question, um, Rich. You know, as part of our whole sustainability initiative, right, which is, is, is all inclusive, right? It's not just the carbon and, and the water and those environmental things. It's also the, the human element that, that, that is important to us as a company and our culture as a company. So we do have a diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging task force that I'm uh, part of it's not just edge connects itself, right? It's, it's right. our partners like salute, right? Which is a fantastic organization that takes veterans and retrains them to work in the data center industry. And so we have been an early adopter and earlier supporter in salute. They staff many of our data centers around the world and, and, and bring in military veterans from not just the U S military, but from different European countries, South American countries and the like. And a, and a lot of those guys have also converted from salute employees to full-time Edge Connects employees. Right. Yeah, so that's part that. of their model, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And we have this great relationship with Jason and Lee and just fully supportive of what, they, what they're doing there. And, and you know, that's uh, just one example, right? So converting uh, veterans. The others, you got to you know, I'm old and, 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 and white and male, right? And so bringing more women into the, into the workforce, right? We've, we formed a group called Women Connects. And so it's not just connecting the women within the company, but it's within other companies, right? And, and learning from others and what they do and best practices, um, connecting with them and, and, and trying to do programs like Girls That Code and get young girls interested in what is the data center business, right? And, and so bringing in more um, gender diversity and then, you know, um, bringing in the youth, right? And one of the things I'm most proud of is working with the Infrastructure Masons. We created that capstone program, yes. which is collaborates with the historically black colleges and universities and takes these fourth year engineering students or architectural students and 
immerses them in all things data center from site selection to design to build to operation and we hired um two students out of hampton university right as as engineers here at edge connects and that's awesome it's it's creating a younger more diverse workforce and we've got a bunch of other companies that have participated and and you know we've created scholarships for that program and we we're really looking to to scale that out and again partnering with the infrastructure masons which is one of their you know um core priorities is in terms of diversity and bringing in the next generation of the the digital infrastructure people uh into the into the space so that's one thing it's cool too is we're not this is not where we're competing we're all trying to help when it relates to sustainability and where it relates to kind of diversity and inclusion, this is where we're all collectively collaborating on best practices and trying to, you know, how to not only improve the planet, but improve the diverse workforce that, that we, uh, that we create in the digital infrastructure space. Yeah. And I, of course, uh, we've been tracking all these issues for a while. And I think sustainability and workplace diversity are two of the places where, Clearly, there has to be uh, a great deal of change just for the industry to succeed and to be able to deliver on its goals uh, for for its clients and 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 for building the internet. Uh, yeah. You know, as as another uh, uh, not so young white guy, it, it's uh, it's really important to see a more diverse workforce. And and the iMasons have played an important role in that, not just yeah. with you know the capstone programs that you mentioned, but we work with them in making sure that there are you know, women voices in our executive roundtables and, and things like that. I wanted to, to ask about one of the amazing things that, that's been going on with Edge Connects, as you've highlighted is, you guys are all over the world now. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's pretty incredible to see uh, how the company has grown. Part of that is because you've, uh, you have a, a new parent company from a couple of years ago, uh, EQT, I guess, a, a uh, uh, infrastructure uh, investor uh, based in Europe. What has their uh, the, the partnership with uh, with them done for the company? What has it meant and, and enabled Edge Connects to do? You know, it's been great. Uh, you know, since we were acquired by EQT, um, based out of Sweden, one of the world's largest infrastructure funds, just to have their financial backing, um, their relationships, and, and you know, a lot of the assets that they have um, around the world. You can see it, Rich. I mean, you, you said it, it's really accelerated our growth, right? And, 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 you know, just when we're really starting to take off the ability to invest in these new markets, and, um, you know, it's not a, a inexpensive business. <laughs> To build out these data centers and so it's very capital intensive right and so having a partner that trusts us and supports our strategy and and the neat you know places in the markets and again going to india or china or indonesia is not for the faint of heart right, right. And, and so being smart about it too in terms of in india we partnered with the adani group one of the largest consortiums in in, in india you know one of the big things is getting back to sustainability this is kind of where you can kind of leapfrog as you enter a new market is you're picking your partner based on some of their capabilities largest sustainable you know solar powered provider renewable energy provider not only in india but in in asia and perhaps the world right and and integrating that into our design and our power offerings as well has been huge especially as some of the financial markets particularly now are becoming 
constrained and interest rates are going up and you know how do you finance these things again having the support of the eqt has been immensely helpful to allow us to kind of scale our business and worry less about some of the the you know um headwinds that 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 other companies might have to face whether it's financially uh or kind of global expansion and and, and so forth so been a great partner in that respect yeah, in India is an interesting example because that historically has been a market where sustainability has been a real challenge, correct? Yeah, just in not only sustainable power, but reliable power. And so you get, you kind of get both, right? And so, and the other thing too, it's interesting is there you're, you're starting out as, uh, you know, building out really big data. It's not starting out at the edge and then scaling with right. other things. You're starting out with massive facilities in, in uh, Chennai and Noida and Hyderabad, and, and we're building out a global platform. We stated an aggressive goal of one gigawatt, and we're well on that Which way. Which used to be a lot of power. <laughs> yeah, so so uh, so that's true. And then, you know, same in China, you got headwinds politically, but, you know, they're our partner, why did we pick it, right? There's, there's sustainable power that's available, but more important, licenses is to have the right license to operate and be able to offer not only data center services, but telecom and cloud services. That's gonna be important. That gives the customer, our customers confidence for them to be able to enter a, a market and capture that opportunity and so forth. Seems to me, you know, getting back to the customers that, that one of the you know, driving criteria for some of this is that uh, a lot of you, your customers probably want or need to be in uh, markets around the world, that, that digital infrastructure seems to be viewed through a much more global lens than, than it used to be. Is that, that uh, fair to say? Oh yeah, absolutely, right? And, and, and uh, it, it's, you know, you hear all the major players talk about these, these markets. It's not just in Europe, it's not just the flat D, it's not just Singapore. And the other thing, by the way, Rich, is whether it's Amsterdam or Dublin or Singapore, you know, Governments are kind of weighing in and, and, and starting to regulate more and it's being able to adapt and be creative and find solutions still for the customer so they can achieve their goals and, and worry less about some of the regulatory headwinds as well. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you taking the time to provide us uh, some insights about Edge Connects and how you guys are going and, and how you're seeing the world. Uh, if people are interested in learning more about Edge Connects, uh, where can they find you? Uh, you can simply edgeconnects.com and connects with a C-O-N-N-E-X.com. So that capital X on the end. Yes. <laughs> always throws me. Yeah. Listen, Phil, thank you so much for taking the time to, to speak with us today uh, and to be with us here on the Data Center Frontier Show, where we tell the story of the data center industry one podcast at a time. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back with you soon. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Data Center Frontier Show. You can find the show notes for this episode at datacenterfrontier.com slash podcast, including links to the resources Rich has mentioned. Be sure to subscribe to the Data Center Frontier Show at Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or where you find your podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, please tell your friends or share about it on your social channels. 
You can always find us on the web at datacenterfrontier.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Until next time.